Hi, and welcome to episode 7 of Disability Ireland's podcast. So this week is a little bit different. One of the main questions that we regularly get asked from the website is in relation to mobility scooters. So I thought I would do a quick guide on mobility scooter buying um, and how we can choose the right scooter for you, where will you be using, asking just general questions which will be more suitable for yourself. And finally, I will end up giving you the pros and cons of the electric, self-propelled wheelchairs, etc. So let's get into this week's show. Right, so choosing the right scooter for you. So anyone struggling to carry out their daily routine due to limited mobility can benefit from a scooter whether it is to move around the property or the garden visit the local shops visit your friends or explore places further afield independently mobility scooters are probably the easiest to use and the most economical to run and require a low level of maintenance to look after them which is obviously so before you look at the range of mobility scooters one of the things that I think you probably need to consider are finding the right scooter that best fits your requirements and needs. So always compare prices of scooters and the services such as the maintenance contracts and to compare many scooters and also test the stability of the machine yourself and of course read the manual before you would make any sort of important purchase because some of them can be quite expensive. So here are some of the most common questions um, to help you decide the type of scooter that you should consider. So the first one is where will you be using the mobility scooter mostly? If you will be using it mostly indoors, it will need to be quite small with a small turning radius to easily, easily maneuver um, around the home. Um, you may also want to consider a scooter that folds down for easy storage if you haven't got much space and please consider that the portable scooters also have quite a low speed. So if you will be using it mostly outdoors it will need to be a stronger scooter than the more portable version so it can handle the likes of uneven ground outside. Stability and speed is obviously very important as well. So go for a scooter certainly with four wheels as opposed to three. Um, it may also be worth choosing or purchasing sorry, uh, puncture proof tires. If you know you will be covering quite stony ground or some rough ground around your home. Um, in relation to outdoor scooters, they normally come in two types. One is the four miles per hour version. <coughs> which is mostly suitable for driving on pavements only and the 8 mile an hour version which can also obviously drive on the, the same pavements on roads um, at, 8 PM, at 8 miles per hour as long as it is fitted with headlights and indicators as well as rear view mirrors, horns, brakes and rear reflectors. A lot of the scooters these days will also come with some type of blinker which is obviously a 
a good a good feature to have. So the disadvantage with outsourced outdoor scooters is that they are a lot larger and have larger turning circles, which makes them more hard to maneuver. However, you will be going longer distances over more challenging terrain. So it certainly is worth the consideration. So how far do you wish to travel in a scooter is obviously the next question that you would ask. So the further you wish to travel in your scooter, the longer your battery life and power that you will need. So the small fold-away scooters will quite simply not really go that far as a larger four miles per hour outdoor scooter or even an eight mile an hour scooter. So if you are using the scooter outside, when the questions you need to ask is, will you be needing to go up hills or down a lot of curbs en route to wherever you want to go? So if you need your scooter to do either of these, again, for stability reasons, I would always suggest that you go for the, the four wheels option. And it also just gives you a little extra power as well. So before you buy, you would certainly test it, take it for a test run and check that it can handle the slope, for example, in if you have one at your front door or behind your house en route to see, to see for example, your family. Um, will you also need to drive your scooter where there are no pavements, such as the road? So first off, obviously check your local laws. Um, if a scooter that drives on the road must, a scooter that drives on the road, of course, must be able to travel at eight miles per hour have working headlights, taillights, indicators, horns, brakes, and rear view mirrors before it can go onto a public road. You do not, however, need a car driving license, but you also have to be over 14 and entitled to use a mobility scooter for health reasons. So in and around the house, does your home have restrictions on the scooter? And where will you be storing it? Um, a number of considerations would be to look at the width of your front gate and certainly avoid buying a scooter that will not be able to access your property um, unless you're planning to widen the, the gate. The next consideration a lot of people don't really think of until they, they get at home is to look at the width of the front door if you plan to keep or use the scooter indoors and in the garden, can you fit the scooter through the front door? And if you don't plan to use it inside, where will you store it? Will you need a secure container to, to store it? Um, other considerations are if there are steps up to your front door, will you need to buy a mobility ramp or will there be a more will it be more practical to store the scooter again in an outdoor secured location? Um, out of the weather. Um, other things to consider, I guess, would be is there much room to store the scooter inside or will you need to fold it down or dismantle, dismantle it to fit into the space? If you lived in shared, shared accommodation or in a block of flats, is there a lift perhaps that you need to use? Um, do you plan to keep the scooter in the hallway? Will your landlord consent? or can they help with alternative storing solutions, security, 
Of course, in a block of flats is also one consideration if it will not fit into the the front of your door. Um, if you are storing it outside the home, one consideration is does the storage location have a mains power unit? Um, you will obviously need that for recharging the battery. If it doesn't currently have one, how easy is it to install? Is the landlord or housing tenancy association um, in a position where they would be able to install one for you? Um, moving on, will you be comfortable sat on your scooter whilst driving? So please make sure that your scooter has enough leg room to accommodate your legs, particularly if you are quite tall or you cannot bend down very far. Consider a model with a swivel seat to help you get on and off the scooter or improved suspension for comfort when traveling over uneven ground. Also consider your own weight and height. Um, you don't sit in a position that will cause you extra aches or pains. Can you turn tight corners and still be in control of the scooter with your hands? Do the controls need moving to help you reach them or use them? If you are going to be traveling, but you're going to travel an extended period of time, will you need to transport your scooter in the back of the car? If so, I would always suggest a foldable scooter, um, which will fold down into the back of the car or easily disassemble uh, for reassembly at your destination without the use of tools. If so, Please seek advice from your from your supplier on the suitability, ease of assembly, and the size of the scooter. Will respect with respect to transporting it. Scooters that disassemble will often come apart in pieces, such as the chair, the rear wheel, the rear wheels, the front section, and the battery. The battery can, on occasion, be quite heavy, so please bear that in mind. Also, make sure that it will easily fit into your boot and you aren't having to cram it in. Um, decide who is most likely to be dismantling and putting the scooter into the car. Is that going to be yourself? Are you able to do that? Is it going to be your carer? Is it a full-time carer or a part-time carer? Is it manageable for them? And if you are able to safely get into the car after you have of course, of course uh, put it into the car or will you need to fit some type of small hoist into the car boot or there's another another solution with a car mobility ramp which I've used on occasion um, so if you don't have your own car will you want to take the scooter on public transport such as trains, buses, trams or taxis so scooters are unlikely to be accepted, of course, onto taxis or in onto public transport unless the user can demonstrate that they can fold or dismantle them to go on transport and the user can sit in a standard seat. Of course, the modern day buses, there are more areas um, for mobility scooters, wheelchairs, prams, etc. So we are gradually getting to a better position in relation to the, the transport of mobility scooters but certainly I would always advise that you seek 
professional advice. If you use the public transport, then it is an important aspect of your life. And yeah, definitely it's, it's a big consideration if you are considering the purchase of a mobility scooter. So moving on to the next section and our last section of today's uh, podcast. It is in relation to what type of wheelchair suits you. Um, so depending on your mobility level and what it is and what's your needs, there are a number of different types of wheelchairs that are suitable for you. Um, so they would be the self-propelled or manual wheelchair, the transit wheelchairs or the power chairs and electric scooters. So I will give you a quick pros and cons in relation to each of these and first off we will start with the manual or the self-propelled wheelchair so the pros would be you are in complete control and there's no battery to charge they're often quite lightweight and compact which makes them very easy to maneuver and they're also very easily foldable and will easily fit into most car boots or certainly the the back um, seats of a car. The cons, of course, it's a it's a manual basic wheelchair, so there aren't many features. The tires are n normally puncture um, suspect, so the tires may need regular inflation, and of course, it does require because you are doing it manually you will require some upper body strength which can be tiring when you're using it for a sustained period throughout the day or indeed if there are some slight inclines that you have to go up um, during your travels so moving on to the transit wheelchairs um, so the pros of these will be they're great if you can't use a self-propelled wheelchair and um, they're designed specifically to help carers so these are the wheelchairs with the handles at the back which are pushed by the carer or your partner um, much like the self-propelled ones they can be quite lightweight um, a lot of them are made from aluminium and they, they are quite heavy duty um, they don't take up a lot of space and like the previous chairs they also fold away quite neatly the major drawback for these, of course, is you are reliant on someone else to push you. So moving on to the power chairs, the main pros of these would be that they're great if you are in the chair all day, as they are, you know, they are quite comfortable. Um, there is easy power steering. You can adjust the height and the seat more accurately to suit your own needs. There is a smaller turning circle than your conventional electric scooter. Um, so they're great in bathrooms and bedrooms, for example, where space is quite tight. And they also pulls up to tables. You're able to pull up to tables for meetings and meals a lot easier. Um, the cons, they can be, quite frankly, quite expensive to either rent or buy. They are heavy, the most common ones would be up to 
approximately 100 kgs. So the power chair it will also have a, a more expensive battery requirement and they are hard to they are hard to move if the batteries do run low. Um, I know in in our place it does require probably two strong people to to lift the batteries. Um, and it also will require a ramp for drops larger than three inches. So that is something that you need to consider. They are not easily collapsible or easy to dismantle for transportation reasons. And yeah, certainly lifting them into a vehicle without the vehicle having been specifically adopted is probably not the, the best or quickest option. Um, so this would move us finally onto the electric scooter um, the more conventional scooter I guess that you would see these days so the pros of these they are great for milder issues that affect or affect sorry uh, shorter trips and um, they usually have some storage features you can get the basket at the back and you can also get a little storage bag for the back of the seat which are quite cool you can also get these bags in a reflective material so it just gives you an added safety feature um, the big bonus of the electric chair over the power chair is they will fold or break into sections a lot easier which you can put into the the boot of the car the battery is probably not as not as heavy and certainly it's of the two it would be the one that I would recommend for accessibility um, the cons they are traditionally too big for indoor use generally and in some shops you may have to leave them outside or some restaurants they could be quite big so, yeah, I guess that, that brings our quick summary um, to a close. I hope you found it insightful. And certainly if you have any questions or you would like more clarification or advice, certainly drop us, drop us a line. We will leave a link at the bottom of the description. So, thank you for listening and we will speak again to you shortly. Bye-bye. Thank you.